Warning, in this podcast, we speak freely as a form of expressing ourselves. With that being said, this episode may contain explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Foot News, where we talk most things football, also known as soccer. We'll try to keep you up to date with the most important things happening in the world of football. We love the Premier League and we love playing FPL. Those will be our main focus, but of course, there's the World Cup, Champions, and Europa League, and a bunch of other important things that could be happening. It's just a couple of friends talking about the game they love. I'm your host, X. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Good evening, good evening, whatever it might be. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Foot News. We did tell you guys we're going to bring you another episode. There's going to be a lot of episodes dropping, as a matter of fact, because the World Cup is coming up. But we are going to give you a quick rundown of how the EPL ended before their their break. Um, And I think, I mean, you know, Arsenal top of the table. Um, We'll talk about that real quick. I am here with Chacon. He's back with us. He he missed yesterday's episode, but we're definitely going to talk more about the Ronaldo stuff as uh, the story uh, unfolds and we get some more some more stuff coming out. I know that's that's a hot topic here with Georgie as well. Um, So, yeah, thank you guys for joining me. We're going to get straight to it. I think just the biggest we're going to try to go really quick through this FPL thing. I think the biggest like the biggest talking point I would say is that Brentford beat Man City two to one. And that's like the craziest and that Aston Villa won again after George said that they were never going to win uh, for the rest of, you know, up until the break and actually beat Man United. And they ended up winning their game uh, from this past game week as well, uh, beating Brighton, which I thought was a really good team, but Hey, they won two one. Uh, but anyways, uh, Chak, since, you know, we didn't have you yesterday. What do you think about the city thing? How how do you see this table turning out real quick? Did you see did you see the game? It was like a super last minute goal from Ivan Tony, which isn't going to the World Cup, by the way. He had a brace in this game. But how'd you see this game, man? What happened to Man City? I'm not sure what happened to Man City, but f- as far as how we see the EPL coming into today, coming into the break, it's felt like this is like an extended preseason. I f- I feel like uh as the table sits, Man City did a good enough job to stay close to Arsenal, and I think the real league is going to start once this break is over. And we'll see if Newcastle will be able to stay in that top four, if Arsenal are going to stay at that top spot, and then who enters the top six. I don't think we'll really see until after the break. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just to recap, Arsenal does sit five points clear City. But that isn't even to say so much about it, just because we've seen what City has done in the past. Like this could just be, this could almost be Pep like doing it on purpose to be like, all right, after you know when we get back from the World Cup, we're really gonna turn it on. But you know, we have to consider a lot of things. Uh, you know, the transfer market's gonna go crazy. Um, so hopefully, like George has been saying, you know, Arsenal's gonna definitely have to reinforce the squad that they already have. I know they're linked with a couple good players. Um, how do you see it, George? Do you think that this is uh, this is the end of the road for Arsenal? Come back from the World Cup, teams are going to turn it up and uh, they'll fall off. How do you see this, Georgie? I mean, it's too early to tell because you know the World Cup hasn't been played, so just as easily as let's say Martinelli or Gabriel Jesus can get injured, you know, you can easily say that about Bernard Bernardo Silva or Cancelo, right? De Bruyne, so. You know, let's just wait on that. But I guess if, you know, got to go out on a limb, uh, it's just like you said, the transfer, the transfer market, I honestly, other than just depth for City, like I don't see them missing a key piece. You know, their thing's always been, if anything, defensively. 
uh, maybe another right back or just, I don't know. It's just a spoil of riches at this point. But, uh, yeah, this the thing with Arsenal just gets reinforced with a couple signings here or there just to add to the depth. But, um, I mean, five points, hey, you got to catch breaks. And Brentford just goes to show you how great the Premier League is. Uh, City should have won, but this is the Premier League any given week. And Brentford came up with the dub. Yeah, it was a minute 90, 98 that Ivan Tony, who, by the way, isn't going to the England World Cup. Yeah, that's shocking. I mean, to the World Cup with England, which is crazy to me because just real quick to get into England squad, I know we'll get to it and we'll get to their group, but how do you take, like, four right backs, like, only one true left back, and then you take James Madison just to appease the people? I get that he is definitely on form. He's going crazy, but he, Southgate really just has favorites. And he did it just to please the media and everyone screaming for him. But you have James Madison, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, uh, Mason Mount, which to me are almost basically the same type of player where you could have taken an Yvonne Tony. Think about it. England being down maybe one goal with 10 minutes left. Yeah, you got Colin Wilson, but you need tall players up there. You need players that are dangerous in the air. You, you could put in Harry Kane. You put an Yvonne Tony up there and you just send all the balls up top and then you're at a dangerous play. Uh, but he only took two forwards with, with Harry Kane and Callum Wilson when he could have taken a player like Ivan Tony, who just showed he scored two goals against Man City. And I feel like that was a statement he wanted to make because the England squad did come out before this game. So, um, you know, I don't know what the hell Southgate is doing. I think this is the end of the road for him at England. Depending, I mean, okay, I mean, you know, they win the World Cup and that's different, but <laughs> I don't think they will. Um, yeah, well, real, yeah. Qu real quick, real quick on that. I don't think, yeah. I think Madison... He's somewhat justified being in that, but I think we could all agree the 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 more unforgettable unforgivable thing was to bring in Harry Maguire. If anything, that's or the, Trent, or I mean Trent to the to an extent. I mean what he gives you offensively, especially if you play with three in the back. Real quick, you put play with three in the back, right? Cody Dyer and let's say I guess Maguire, right? Uh, you know those guys. You know you play a like a three five two type of deal where it's really just the two wingbacks. You got to put Trent as a wingback. If you play a 4-4-2, you can't have him out there. You know, he'll get exploited. And I think, like you said about four right backs, I think if they do like a 3-5 system or whatever, I feel like Kyle Walker would be that right center back. Yeah, but, you know, you I think you were supposed to go off of form and not just kind of favorites. Yeah. I get it, Kyle Walker, but Kyle Walker's coming back from injury, hasn't really been playing, like... And then especially during a World Cup kind of like this where you're you basically have to how do I put it you're in the middle of your season so you I would say you go off a of form but it seems clearly Southgate's going based off of favorites Jack Grealish hasn't done a damn thing Harry Maguire hasn't done a damn yeah. thing he's just you know so I don't know what that was. No. anyways we're getting sidetracked we'll get into oh, yeah. the World I Cup agree. stuff I agree. Let, let me just uh finish this so Leeds and Tottenham had a fucking awesome game yes. uh 4 to 3 that was a that was a roller coaster of a, of a match Leeds has been giving us some good matches. Uh, Liverpool beating Southampton 3-1. to Arsenal taking down Wolves 2-0. Uh, a great game between Man United and Fulham. Obviously being overshadowed by the whole Ronaldo thing. I think you pointed that out yesterday, Georgie. Uh, Aston Villa. A back-to-back -back wins for Unai Emery. Uh, two, I think, really tough teams. Tough, one of the you know, tougher teams in the league currently, Man United and Brighton. And he's gotten two really good results. Newcastle beat Chelsea. So that's another another good one right there. But yeah, just to recap, basically, Arsenal sit in top of the league. You got Man City, Newcastle in third, Tottenham in fourth, Man United. And then, you know, from six to 
to 20th place, you have Wolves at the bottom and 20th, Southampton and Nottingham Forest. So Wolves actually sitting at the very, very bottom. I think they'll be fine. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. I think I don't think they, they leave the Premier League. Hopefully, we'll see. They did a... Wolves? They do, uh, yeah, Wolves. You, they did get a new coach, right, Georgie? Uh, I mean, I, did they? I think they, I thought they still had the interim. Yeah, I think so. I think he had turned down the job initially because he was uh, taking care of his father, like his 96-year-old father. Oof. But I think he called up Wolves. And I think they were actually experimenting with maybe um, uh, Spiritu uh, Santos. What's his name? Spiritu Santo. What's his name? Yeah. What was his first name? I don't uh, remember his first name. But he went to Spurs afterwards. I forgot, I forgot his name. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I, I forgot his name. Anyways, they were experimenting with maybe bringing him back, and I think they were about to bring him back, and that's when the guy, um, what was his name? Check Lopetegui. I don't know if that's you exactly go. how you pronounce it. Lopetegui, something oh, like that. Oh, he's the he's the the Spanish guy, right? Yep. He used to, yeah, he yep. was in La Liga, and he used to coach the Spain national team, I believe. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Lopetegui, or he quit. Maybe. I don't know. Or no, was it Real Madrid? Some, something like that. But yeah, good. sorry. <laughs> All good. So yeah, they sit bottom. I think they'll be fine. So uh, again, Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester City, Bournemouth, Leeds United, West Ham, Everton, Nottingham Forest, Southampton Wolves. That is your table right now. And that is it. We are completely shifting over our attention to the biggest sporting event ever of the best sport. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably agree with me. Um, more people watch this than anybody else. Everybody's eyes are going to be on this. The 2022 Qatar FIFA World Cup. And here's Grealish. And there's Kane! Viene para Suárez. Allá va nueve por el segundo. Va Suárez, tiró. Buscando y un séptimo que es el gallo. Once defienden. Llega la bola. Le pegó Herrera. El remate. Stand still for a football match. The football match. The final. I'm fucking hype as shit for this. I'm sure everybody else is hyped for this. I know that my country might not do super good, uh, but you know we can always believe, right, Georgie? We can always believe. Hey, uh, I am a fucking optimist up the yin yang when it comes to the World Cup. Hey, for me. Hey, fuck the fifth game. I'm trying to win the whole damn thing. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Hopefully we can we can break it. A little quick fact for a lot of people that don't know. Uh, so me and Georgie are Mexican. Um, we are actually the most consistent national team in the history of the FIFA World Cup. We are consistently always leaving in the fourth game. We always get to the first round to knockout stage, and we're always leaving seven times, more than any other time, more than any other statistic in the World Cup. Mexico always gets to that fourth game, and we always get knocked out in the same place. So, hey, at least we're consistent <laughs> in something. You, you, ju know? you just jinxed <laughs> it. You just jinxed it. Hey, we'll see. Hey, number seven, I don't think we'll have eight. I think seven is a lucky number. I think number eight, we'll get past it. I think the most important thing for us is to get past Poland, which is our first game, and I think that's really going to 
gonna we'll see what happens after that. But anyways, I know we're gonna have to break up these episodes uh, by stages because there's so much to talk about. Uh, we're gonna start with you know Group A and Group B. But anyway, how are you guys feeling about this, Chuck? Are you excited about it, man? You, you know, there's so much controversy with how this World Cup came to be with Qatar, with the person saying that you know he made a mistake by picking Qatar. Are you? This is still giving you the same excitement as other World Cups, or, or how are you feeling about this? I I've been thinking about this, and I feel like recently we haven't been able to like pick a side. Like you have to like choose. You have to like choose something or how to feel about a certain way. But I'm just trying to, you know, focus on the football. These players worked really hard uh, to get to this point in their career. They're not doing it for, you know, the views or whatever's going on in the background. They're doing it for the love of the game, for the love of their people. And that's what I'm going to try to focus on this World Cup. So I'm really excited to watch and see these guys play at the highest level uh, for probably the biggest prize in their career. So... That's my uh, kind of first thoughts. What about you, George? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we can all agree in terms of your professional football career, there's nothing greater than lifting that cup. I, that is the, the you know, Mount Everest, the peak of Mount Everest. If you can lift that cup, there's nothing like it. Nothing compares in terms of football, right? Um, yeah, but mostly I agree. Uh, I think it's very hypocritical and just like, oh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I shouldn't have taken it basically what we all can probably say was bribe. I get it. I mean, you do want to spread the world cup all over the world. Right. And, uh, but I mean, just the terms, this is a summer event and a lot of things got twisted around, you know, like a big pretzel just to make it work for guitar. Uh, nonetheless, here we are, uh, definitely something unique right because you know the winter thing but uh you know i'm looking forward to it nonetheless uh it could get a little political here i you know i think we could uh, we've all heard about iran but nonetheless like you said uh the thing about the world cup is you expect you know obviously if your country's there or whatnot you want the players to go out there and just leave it all out there and there's a lot of emotions so i know from a fan's perspective uh, I'm sure Javi can agree when Mexico gets out, it just tears my heart. Hey, uh, yeah. There's nothing like it. Uh, hey, uh, this, the feeling I get when they get eliminated, uh, not, hey, not even a breakup from a significant other could, uh, I agree. could compare. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, man, just, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, as a, as a grown man, I, I think I've cried. I think I really, really started watching it like, football in the 2006 World Cup when Italy won it, when Zidane headbutted the man. And ever since then, every World Cup that Mexico's been eliminated from, which has been every single one in the same place, uh, I've cried, man. I remember one time uh, we were watching Mexico and they were, they were losing to Argentina. I want to say this is 2010. And we were at uh, my parents' friend's house and they had, a, they had a son who didn't know much about, about football at all. And I'm sitting there in front of the TV, like bawling my eyes out. Like literally, like I was trying to hold it. You know, when you're trying to fight your tears and you just can't, yep. you're just like sobbing and you can't breathe. <laughs> like that was me. And he doesn't know nothing about the sport. And he's over here talking like, why are you guys watching it? You know, you were going to lose anyways. Like I wanted to get up and fucking drop this kid in his fucking throat. Like I was so upset. And I remember like going to the bathroom because I couldn't, I couldn't hold it. Like I couldn't stop myself from crying. And the emotions just, you know, just came out. And my dad went over there, gave me a hug. And, you know, when somebody hugs you when you're in a, a really bad emotional state. Cry more. It just, every, just, yeah, you just 
oh my god the flood you know it was a flood over there of tears so yeah i mean these emotions like you guys said for a player there's nothing more maximum than lifting that cup and i think for sports fan there's nothing more maximum than seeing the the country that you support lift the cup or even you know certain players like i know there's argentina uh or messi fans that are really hoping for argentina to win this cup really just to see messi uh lift that cup but yeah there's a lot of controversy with it uh the bid you know so many people were wondering how this, you know, small Middle Eastern country even had even won the bid. There were allegations of corruption, uh, vote swapping, and links to trade deals at the highest levels of government. Qatar was cleared of all this corruption by FIFA, but as recently of 2020, U.S. prosecutors accused three former senior FIFA officials of receiving bribes for voting in favor of Qatar. Uh, no, nothing's ever been proven, but you know. Uh, as we know, FIFA is super corrupt as well, but, you know, whatever. And there's also the treatment of workers and the immigrant workers that came and helped build some of these stadiums and the yep. social climate, the global initiatives, all these things. But the way that Chacon said it was, I think you said it beautifully, Jack. Um, how you're saying, you know what, all these things can get in the way of it, but we're here to watch some of the best players in the world play at the highest level in the greatest sport. So let's just focus on that. And I think we're going to have a great time focusing on that. And we're going to Jump right into the groups, which is Group A. How you seeing this one, Georgie? Who's the favorite? How these teams lining up? Are there any players that we should look out for that maybe we're over, you know, overlooking? Or what? What are we saying here? Yeah, I mean, I think what most people will conclude from this group is that it's Netherlands locked, and is between Ecuador and uh, Senegal. I think more yep. people, mo most people, would have agreed that Senegal would have been that second team. But without Mane being injured or limited, you know, that could really shift everything. Right? I think just in the first game, though, no? Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I mean, it could linger. You never know. You know, it, th these games are so, like, back-to-back. -back. It feels like, like I told you with Mexico, they play on Tuesday, they play on Saturday, and then they'll play again their last game on a Tuesday. So, like, these games come quick. So, I mean... Hey, uh, we, what we do know is that if he was 100%, you know, Senegal probably would be that team to come out with Netherlands. But, yeah, I mean, I guess just quickly on Qatar, uh, you know, I, uh, I know that they're building a, uh, like, they're, it, it's like a, how do you say, a project, right? Like, they're building an academy with players that, you know, they're trying to, you know, have, you know, create something of a, professional football like you know powerhouse i guess and they did win the 2019 asian cup so there's someone in the right direction but i think we can all agree they're they're not gonna make it i mean unless it's just hey they have some players there somewhere you know that we don't know about but i mean other than south uh south africa they would to me they would be the second team to not make it past the group stage you think so, they even win a game i don't believe so uh I, like I said, they have, you know, I have a couple guys here that, you know, if I guess if they're going to surprise somebody, like they're two strikers, Akram, Afif, and almost Ali, something like that, they, they're their goal-scoring threats. And uh, their keeper, you know, he was a big reason. His name's Saad Al-Sheeb. Al Hey, uh, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, if you know. I mean, but, uh, I can, even if I yeah. try to correct you, I think I will be wrong, too. Yeah, but... Uh, you know, he was he was pretty he was critical in their Asian Cup title. So, you know, like I said, it's just a feel good story in terms of, you know, would who wouldn't want Qatar to shock the world, right? But 
yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't see, there's, there's no amount of money I would ever put on Qatar. And, you know, it is what it is. What do you guys think about Qatar? Yeah, I mean, for sure, like you said, I wouldn't put any amount of money. And like you said, who wouldn't want to see them win the World Cup? I definitely would not want to see them win the World Cup. I don't even think they get out. I think you're absolutely right, though. You nailed it uh, with, I think Netherlands has that first spot locked in. Again, look, fair warning. We could be so wrong on all these things we talk about. But uh, I think Netherlands has the spot locked in for most people. And it does come down to Senegal, Ecuador. When I first did my my first bracket, I had Ecuador actually winning because I feel like people are sleeping on them. But then looking at the Senegal squad, even without Sadio Mane, like, I feel like they can pull it off. Uh, I, obviously, he is the catalyst. He is probably the most important piece because he plays off to the left a little bit. They play like a four with a holding mid, two in the middle. And then they obviously have those three up top with Sadio Mane being out to the left or danger man and then kind of tucking in to go behind their forward. Um, but then can also get wide and create problems there. So um, looking at this team now, and then don't forget, you know, they have a great goalkeeper. They have Mendy, and they have Koulombali back there to kind of direct everything. But so they've been struggling, that, though, right? They've agree? been struggling, yeah. But, you know, in the World Cup, certain teams seem to kind of turn it on. But how, how do you see this one, Shaq? Do you think, who do you think? I, I feel like you have Netherlands first, or are we wrong? Or, or what are we saying? Yeah, so I guess I, I'll start off with the team that I would put first, Senegal. If Mane was healthy, I hey, think. Hey, yo, over oof. Netherlands? Yes. If if Mane was healthy, Sheesh. I think, you know, you, I think we, we, they deserve a little more respect. They're the most recent AFCON champions. And they are coming in with, I guess, a big, you know, good form with that prize. Uh, most recent champions. And I have them first. And then I have Netherlands first. And then Senegal second. And then Ecuador, then Qatar. I think Qatar, the only thing I know of Qatar was that, was it fourth place finish in the Gold Cup? I believe some of them played under Xavi and they showed some good football, but I still see them at the bottom of this as Ecuador had a good uh, qualification. Yeah, I mean, real quick, I, I, I think you guys sleeping on Ecuador. Uh, they have the youngest roster coming in and maybe you can say that they're maybe suited for next World Cup, but they got three guys from Brighton and probably the, if they're going to do anything, I would think it'll be because of Moises Caicedo. He's, he's been locking it down for Brighton. And if he was Brazilian or Argentinian or, you know, some English guy, I think he'll be worth a lot of money now. But, you know, Ener Valencia, he's also, I mean, he's got 13 goals in, in the Turkish leagues, which I get it. But I mean, if they're going to do something, you know, you need a guy up top and he's, he's in form for his club. So, and also this is a quick little thing. They have, they freaking haven't lost or they've only lost once in their last 14 games. It's been a lot of ties, but yeah, but it's been like one zeros, one, one, like it hasn't been like a, yeah. a, a extravagant margin where they superly dominate teams. And I think the issue with Ecuador, like I said, I had them there too, because I feel like they're a very direct team, how a lot of South Americans seem to be, which I mean, it's fine. You know, it's, it comes for with exciting football. The issue with them, instead of embracing that, I feel like they're very, very defensive when it comes to a South American type team. And a lot of people don't see that. They, they seem to play more defensive and then kind of hitting the ball out wide, almost like a Real Madrid type of counterattack or even a Tottenham where you kind of sit back and then kind of send your fast guys, like you were saying. They have Plata out to the right, I'm sure. They have Estrada up top, who's really fast, and then Valencia out to the, to the left. But I think you're right. Their catalyst would be uh, Calcel, who's right 
kind of in the center, depending on how they want to play him. I think they play him a little bit more like a cam-ish. That's how I would say they're doing. But uh, I think they're a little too defensive for when you but, look but, at Senegal. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, mean, I know you're going to be like, oh, okay, you're going too crazy now. But can we agree, though, that Italy, very defensive, and, and it's been successful in terms of collecting World Cup titles, right? I mean, there's a thing. You guys just got to get results. So, I mean, if Ecuador, like I said, if, if like I said, they're defensive and they go on the counter, at the end of the day, I'm not saying they're going to win the World Cup. We'll never put enough money there. But, you know, eventually 20 years from now, if they were to win it, you're not going to remember the fact that they were so defensive. You don't remember the Italy teams that in 2006, it really should have been France, but it, it is what it was. Um, so, I mean, in the World Cup, it's not always about the dangerous team. Obviously, in the group stage, maybe, but uh, once you get past that, it's, it's just a luck of the draw. If it goes in, it goes in. If not, hey, you're, go, you're flying back home. Yeah, yeah, I, maybe. I, I see what you're saying, like, as far as, like, but you got to look at it. Italy probably had a good defensive team, and they had Buffon back there, one of the greatest keepers of all time, you know, and I'm sure that their defenses at the time that they had were not you can't compare them to what ecuador has now not trying to bash ecuador again i had them coming out second i might switch it up depending on it uh but i just don't see them looking at senegal squad and depending on how quick Mane recovers like Shaq said we got to give him a little more credit than a lot of people are doing like they're a dangerous team oh they are and then and the netherlands is just stacked they have a bunch of star players and again that doesn't mean anything in these type of well, it does mean something, no, but it, it, could, it, it could surprise some people. You know, you have, you've had some squads that were, like, just star-packed, and it just didn't work out. That's the only reason I don't see them uh, coming out of this group, and I have Netherlands and Senegal. Um, yeah. Well, real quick on, yeah. on Netherlands. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they play with five in the back, and you got three of, like, top-level center backs. I mean, you got Van Dijk, no, no question there. Then you got the, the elite. Light, whatever you want to call him. I lit. The lit. My boy lit. And then... They, the, I think they might play Ake there, though. Or him, right? But you have Stefan De, De Bril. I think he still plays for Inter Milano. He's a great defender. And then a guy that's coming up as a right back, Frimpong, he's getting a lot of love, you know, to go to a top club. So the guy... But honestly, besides that... And then you got him fucking Depay. He, to me, I'm going to go say this. He's my... Under, how would I say this? He is my dark horse to win the fucking golden boot. In, really? In, in the Memphis. Quali- Memphis. My boy Memphis Depay. In the qualifications, he scored 12 goals and six assists. Hey, that's, that's pretty impressive. Okay. And okay. If, Netherlands, if Netherlands is going to do anything, he's going to be their false nine or whatever. Because if you look at their attackers, they really got nothing much going on. Like, the Van Persies of the world, the Hunter Lars of the world, the Van Nistroys from even the yes, yesteryears, right? So that's to me. And another guy, real quick, that I have a couple guys here that... They have Gakpo, though. Gakpo's yeah, a no, doing all right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, There's two guys of like five guys that I'm really excited to watch, and one of them is that, Cody Gakpo. He's fucking killing it in the Dutch league. He's got yeah. 15, he's going crazy. He's got like fifteen goals and fourteen assists, like crazy. Even even if you say, oh, it's just Netherlands. Nonetheless, like that's fucking crazy. And he's been linked to top clubs, United, one of them. So I want to see right because if he has a great World Cup, you know his price right now. Supposedly, like in the forty million, that shit's gonna double. 
right? We saw it with James Rodriguez, great World Cup, 100 mil type of deal. And another yeah. one, that my boy Chavi Simons, Simons, Simon, whatever. I'm going to call him Simon. Simmons. 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 I'm calling him Simon. <laughs> Simon. Simon, right. Simon says. But right, because <laughs> I, I know we all kind of saw it on Instagram a, uh, with the fluffy hair, kind of overhyped. And I just want to see him. This is my first time we'll actually see him if he does get to play. So I just want to see those. He's had some guys. good games with, uh, with PSV, though. He went crazy against, against Arsenal. And it's actually exciting to see because I, th- I know he's been in, like, the media and, like, he's been one of these players to look out for since he was really, really yeah, young. He was yep. at Barcelona, then PSG, now PSV. And I feel like now he's getting enough football to really, you know, unfold and, and mature as a player. Kind of like a similar thing to Odegaard. Odegaard came out, like, 15 years old, uh, subbing in for Ronaldo, and then we kind of didn't hear about him for such a long time. And we forget how young he still is. He's only, like, 24 years old, and now he's playing at, you know, Arsenal, really unfolding, getting the minutes. So, yeah, I, I, like you said, there's always those breakout players in, in the World Cup, and I think Group A might have a few of them. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. So Love Gakpo goes crazy in this World Cup. I'm sure he's going to go to one of these top clubs. He's already doing good. Same with Xavi Simmons. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as for Senegal, would you say, check that definitely if Mane comes back, would you switch up your bracket? If they, if the news came out tomorrow, like, hey, Mane's fully training. He's ready for the Senegal goal. And if you are Senegal, do you risk it? Like, do you like, okay, he might not be 100. Do you still put him in for maybe 30 minutes? If you're, if you're down 1-0 and there's 30 minutes left in the game, do you put him in or do you keep resting him? What, what are you doing here, check? I think you, you sit him at first. I think you don't want to risk injuring him long term. You need him now. Uh, but not that soon. I think they can maybe see how the first half is going and then decide to put him in, but I would not risk it. And I would switch my my ranking if he was in good to go, fully healthy. I would have Senegal first, Netherlands second coming out of this group. But I really love, um, I did want to mention, I'm glad you guys mentioned the breakout players and how this tournament can change people's careers and their trajectory. I think the World Cup is awesome because of that and these players that we see them play really high quality football you would imagine that's their 100 percent in the world cup they give 200 percent, and it's it's really amazing to see so i'm glad that you guys mentioned that because some people take that for granted oh yeah well here can i real quick with the whole hit money we got to get you a t-shirt that says real quick real quick real quick <laughs> hey, put it up. The first merch song, that one. That's gonna be the real quick, real quick. Or hey, another thing. Uh, anyways, the whole mané. <laughs> like, if you rest them, if if you're if we're gonna say go on a limb and say Senegal's gonna win the group, their first game is against Netherlands. So that's the do or die. If Senegal a, beats Netherlands in the first game, they're finishing top of the group. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they don't put it's them a given, in, right? If they don't put them in, obviously you never know. But just looking at it in a vacuum. If they don't put a man, Netherlands is walking out the winner. And once you're behind that eight ball, there's going to be no way you're going to win the group. Uh, we, we're all probably agreeing that Qatar's not going to win a game. Maybe against Ecuador, maybe. But not against Senegal and Netherlands. So you would have to hope Netherlands loses to Ecuador. In that case, you might be in trouble, you know, with the whole goal differences, depending on how it goes, for Senegal. So, I mean, you got to put all the chips, chips to the table. if. Mane is anywhere near 100%. You got to give him some PT, especially if it's close. If it's like 3-0, then obviously rest him. But in terms of winning the, the table or the group, that first game, do or die in that sense. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, yeah, that's going to be a, a spicy watch for sure. I know that coming out the first game is uh, Ecuador versus uh, Qatar. So that's going to be the opening ceremony and all that. Uh, it's going to be on, just in case you don't know, Sunday, November 20th. It'll be 11 o'clock Eastern if you're in the U.S. And then obviously, for you, are you guys in the same time zone check? Yeah, we are. Eastern. Okay, so so 11, 11 o'clock Eastern. And then wherever you're at, if you're listening in Cali, I know we got some listeners in Seattle. I'm not sure where you guys are at. I'm not going to do the math right now. I don't, I don't know what West Coast is at. Three um, hours behind. Uh, there you go. All right. So, you, I mean, I'm sure you can just look it up on Google. But yeah, Qatar, Ecuador. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see. Uh, I'm going to be, all the football fans, I'm sure, going to watch the opening ceremony. I know there's been a lot of people saying they're going to boycott this World Cup. And, like, I have a coworker that said, hey, we're going to, my, my, my husband was going to boycott this World Cup. He's not going to watch it because of all the things that are going on. I think specifically the stuff with Iran. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, what his why he wanted to do it but then she's like yeah but the other day he bought a u.s jersey so he's super excited about it so like no matter what like like we were saying like we know that there's controversy with it Uh, we don't want to get into that because i feel like that's just negative energy and we're all about positive energy here um so let's just let's just enjoy this this awesome football um but then going into november 21st which is a monday literally the next day we got that senegal netherlands game again at 11 a.m so that's going to be an awesome an awesome game for sure watch that so, I don't know. We'll see how you guys have your brackets. Also, we are working on something. It's not official yet. We'll let you guys know next episode, I would say. We're going to set up on the FIFA World Cup Qatar page. There is a bracket play game. If you do listen to this, just send us a message uh, at our Twitter. We'll probably get all that stuff out to you. Um, and then we'll send you the link, the winner of it. I'm not sure how it works yet. That's what I'm saying. Next episode, the winner of it will get some kind of reward. We're trying to see if I can get you guys like a replica World Cup uh, trophy, like a badass one you could put in your office uh, for the winner of that. So I think that's going to be awesome for our listeners. I know there's a few really loyal ones, so make sure you get with that. We'll give you more information next time <laughs> on next episode. So if you're really listening, you'll get that code if you send us a message. Hey, Javi, but moving I know, on. I know what we ahead, can give ahead. them. I know what we can give them. We can give them a, a real quick shirt. Like real a quick. real quick shirt. You'll get the yeah, you'll get the first uh, merchandise from Foot News real quick. All your all your Foot News coming real quick at you. No, scrap so that, scrap so that. that is a terrible idea. Stick with the World Cup. <laughs> Stick with the World Cup trophy, please. Uh, hey, uh, hey, so the ne- World Cup. So Netherlands, Senegal for both of y'all. Yes, sir. Yes. All right. I got yeah, ne- coming I got, out of Group A. Yeah. I, and I got but I got Netherlands, Ecuador. That's for me. I had that at first, but I'm going Netherlands and Senegal. Yeah. And that order for me, Netherlands, Senegal. Yeah, me too, which is Ecuador. Yeah, for sure. And then moving on to Group B, which is, it could be the group of death. I don't know, depending on how you look at it. Not even close. It is a really, it is a, I think it's a really good group. You have England, you have the U.S., you have Wales, and you have Iran. Check. what are your initial thoughts about this group? Is it the group of death, or could it be one of these top groups? Uh, how do you see this one playing out? I think after the England lineup came out, that's when I was like, yeah, this is all up in the air. So I guess you can call that the group of death because you have no idea who's going to come out of this one. I think that England squad is, I mean, like, who am I to judge? But they're, I think, very weak. They look like they have no teeth. All they have is Harry Kane. Their midfield is, they brought Hendo. Like, what are you doing? I understand you need the, the the captain there, but Harry Kane's a leader. They have Declan Rice. They have all these different people. So I 
I just see them very weak from top to bottom, in my opinion. And the USA, you know, after a little hiatus, they're back. Uh, I think they are improved since their last time out. I think that they have something to prove after missing the last World Cup. And I think they've been in good form in international play, uh, defeating Mexico recently and just having overall good form. And there was really no surprises in their lineup. I think that Pepe was probably the only surprise. So I think they have good chemistry and will play well. Wales, similar situation, uh, had a good qualification uh, with the European country. And they have Bale, who just won the MLS championship just recently. So he's come in with good spirits, I'm assuming. And they also have some key pieces in there that I think, you know, they, they could also come out the group. And then Iran, just one of those teams, you know, throughout what we've seen in, in recent years, they're that team that give, you know, 250%. You never know what kind of game you're going to get out of them. Uh, they could surprise people in this group, which will make it tough to get points all, all around in this, in this group. So, but if I had to, had to pick, I would say uh, England and USA coming out of this one how do you see it george okay uh to me there's not much here in terms of like like as in i'll I'll be shocked if this happens i think this group is going to be england and usa for me i think cut for you for me clear as ice for me um Hey, ice a little foggy sometimes. Uh, no, but this one's crystal clear. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. I think the whole I I get it. Like, there's a couple of names that, for the in terms of England, that you know you wish you could have had. Like Tomori was the one that was like, what the fuck? Why isn't he there? Uh, Tomori should have been the starting center back for England. I, I don't care what anybody says. I agree, but in Facts. terms of what they have, like Declan Rice, you hold it down as that holding midfielder, and the the guy, the breakout player for England is going to be Jude Be- uh, Bellingham. He, He's either going to fucking be one of the... He's either going to flop or be successful. Like, the way they're hyping this man up is going to be either success or flop. And But he's been playing great at Borussia. So I think he delivers and he holds it down in that midfield. And let's not forget, Harry Kane, baller. Saka, peak form. Phil Foden, peak form. Like, they're coming in hot. I you know, think. even though Saka is peak form, I don't think Southgate's dumbass plays him. I'm just saying, like, I feel like if if they if he doesn't even then, like, if he, I would assume he'll play. It'll be dumb. Well, I mean, nah, he's whatever. Gonna start right? Calvin Phillips at left wing. Yeah, that that's one of the ones that I was like, what the fuck? Like, this man's been injured all year, but whatever. It's hey, it's not Mexico, so hey, whatever. Uh, no, but I think England would be just fine. When Iran, I I think is that team that like Jack said is gonna is like an EPL middle of the table team where they're just gonna be feisty they might get a result in terms of a tie but i don't see them coming out of this group at all you know i think the six world cups they've made they've never gotten out the group i guess maybe the seventh lucky number right and maybe they'll get out but i don't think so in terms of the u.s if they're gonna do anything as in to get out this group it has to be to christian pulisic right the capitan america right if hey he's either has to show up or get the fuck out. I don't want to hear any more if he flops. About like, oh my God, this guy's the next Messi. Hey, get the fuck out of here. If he doesn't deliver, over. Right? This is supposedly, <laughs> if this is their golden era, 
which I don't think it's there yet. I feel like the golden era is going to come 10, 15 years from now. Uh, if this They're is, on the right track, though. Oh, yes. But George has been waiting to a, say that since, like, the first no, episode. No, I yeah, they have a really young team and they're like the way they rebuild after you know missing out and took that hiatus. Yeah. I think they're doing yeah. it the right way and Mexico could learn something from them. No, yes, yes. But I'm saying like I feel like next World Cup, I don't want to get too in deep in, into this, but I think next world, world cup when it's here again. I know ninety forty was here, but I think this World Cup, well, next World Cup when it comes here to the States, I I feel like people are gonna see like, oh shit, this whole soccer thing, right? If we can get away with the soccer thing, that'll be the first step. But this whole soccer thing, oh shit, it's it's hot. Right, but uh, yeah, that's been that's been happening. And yeah, I remember like the the United States, they have that winning mentality. Like as much as I hate to admit it, you know, Mexico and U.S. the rivalry, whatever. You know, the United States when it comes to sports and they really invest into something and they're really fully committed to something, that mentality changes. And like like Jack said, they took that hiatus. I feel like they really took a step back, analyzed everything they need to take care of, and they're building a young squad. Like I think only like three of these players are actually returning players that have actually played in the World Cup. I think. No, I actually might be on B2. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but they have a really young squad, and, and I think they're building the right way. Like, this isn't a world, this isn't a team that's going to go in there to, like, okay, we're going to go win this cup. But I feel like you said maybe in, like, you know, five, ten years, they're going to be at that point. Like, okay, we're no longer just getting out of this group, or we're not no longer only shooting for the round of 16. Like, we're going to win this shit. And I think if they keep going in this same way, they're going to be, obviously, the powerhouse of CONCACAF, which isn't much to say anyways in the first place, but I think yes, they'll overtake is. Mexico as the as the, as the the powerhouse of CONCACAF for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think their biggest obstacle will be Wells. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously, England, I think yeah. we all have top in the group. But, you know, Wells has a good team, too. I mean, you know, you have Gareth Bell, who I think is going to be his last couple games for Wells, who is, no matter what you say, is still a top, top player. And, you know, when top, top players want to go crazy – They'll go crazy. And they have a lot of players that play, have played or have played in the Premier League. Um, I know they'll still have, like, uh, Daniel James is a young guy who's still very dynamic. Uh, Aaron Ramsey with some experience and leadership in the back. Uh, Nico Williams from Nottingham Forest. They have good keepers with Wayne Hennessy or Danny Ward. Uh, so And then they have Ben Davis from Tottenham as a defender. So they have good names here, people with experience. So I think that would be a good matchup to see like Wells coming in with some experience, some guys who have played at really high levels versus a young U S team to see almost representing like, okay, this is what the MLS has been producing. This is what our academies have been producing. So let's see, let's put it up to the test. So it's good. It's an exciting group for sure. That's why I think it could possibly be almost a group of death because you know, you never know. I mean, if U S beats England and holy shit, this is going to break, you know, loose. I think we can all agree. And Iran's going to, going to be in fourth place. Well, I don't know, because Wells is... Look, I know you said Gareth Bell. I, to me, he's dropped off. Like, I, I get it. He's the best they got. In terms of... Like, but, if, if, but to us, he's dropped off because he went to the MLS, and he hasn't been playing for Real Madrid in a long time before they actually sold him. But yeah, like, he, he rode that bench. He even went back to Tottenham, and it just didn't work out. So, I mean, it's a long time. And they should have lost to the Ukraine if, if we're going off of that... Um, you know, when they qualified, but nonetheless, they qualified. But uh, the way I have this, hey, this is my first, I guess, bold prediction. Have the U.S. finishing first. And then I got England hey, finishing yo, second. Mama. And the reason I'm going to say, <laughs> the reason I'm going to say this is because I feel like Wales is going to show up against England. Not to win, but to scrape a tie. I mean, that's your neighboring. I feel like Wales would be like, we're going to stick it to these motherfuckers. And I feel like they get a result. As in a tie, and I mean, I I feel like the United States would beat be Wells one zero whatever. They'll beat Iran, 
you know, there's a certain of a rivalry in there. There, you know, like Iran and the United States. But um, yeah, I think like this could be like a United States wins one. I mean, wins two, ties one. England ties two and wins one type of deal. I don't know, or one one four, uh, one 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 or something. I feel like uh, all that pressure because I'm sure we've all heard about it or read about it, listened to all different types of stuff. And man, England's a lot of, under a lot of pressure. Yeah. The only thing is that with England, regardless of, I think a lot of people have been upset that we, we follow the Premier League heavily. I mean, I know that our, our podcast is resolves around it a lot. So that's why we know a lot of these players. I think the reason that a lot of English people are upset is because it doesn't seem like this is a team for the future, which you would have thought, okay, we have some experienced players here. And then um, we'll add some of these young guys who are very dynamic and, and moving up and they're, you know, it'll be the next generation of the England squad, which is what he should have done. But he brought in, brought in a lot of old heads that should not be there, especially in the back. Like how do you keep out, Tamori, who I think is the best English center back in the world currently, but you still have a piece of brick like Harry Maguire back there. And he's saying Harry Maguire is going to be part of the squad. That's what we, I think Southgate's just playing favorites there. And then, like I, I was telling you, George, I don't know if I already said that, but you, well, I did, I think, early in this pod where you have like four of the same player when you cut up, you could have brought in Ivan Tony. I think the only thing he got absolutely right, and I'm bringing this up because I want to see what you guys think, are the three keepers. I think those are the thres, three, tres, I'm over here switching languages, the three best keepers uh, that he could have possibly bought, which is Jordan Pickford, uh, Nick Pope, and Aaron Ramsdale. Now my question, Chuck, who starts uh, being that Jordan Pickford was the favorite technically, but I, in my opinion, when they asked me, I think Aaron Ramsdale and Nick Pope, either of those two are actually a better choice uh, than Jordan Pickford. How do you see it? Who starts for that? I see this one really easy. I think Aaron Ramsdale easily would be the starter. I think you go with Aaron Ramsdale. He's currently first top of the league coming into the tournament. So obviously he has some confidence and he's played some high pressure games throughout this season, probably more so than any of the other two keepers. So with that high pressure experience in the my last weeks, I think that he's a clear starter for sure. Yeah, that, I, I've, you know what? I mean, it's, it'd be biased for me, but I kind of agree with you in that sense. When it comes to actually looking at it and and seeing if you're rating these keepers, I think Nick Pope is the best keeper out of these three. But the way you said it, like coming off, of your, you're playing some high-pressure games in the Premier League. You're top of the table. You've been under pressure. You know what this feels like. You're literally, you're in the mode. You're in that mode to be at these these levels of pressure and still have to perform. Um and of your, you know, if your team's top of the league, and you know that a tie or a loss or a goal scored on you basically can alter that, you know, you're playing with something else in the back of your head than Nick Pope or Jordan Pickford are playing with, and and also I think he's the best player that plays out the back, um, has the best feet, and I think the way that Southgate plays almost with five in the back, you have to have a keeper that you can rely on to give the ball back and kind of distribute again. So I I think Ramsdale, but I think we're both wrong, and I think he'll still play Jordan Pickford. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough choice, and then I don't even know who you put in the back. I think out of these, you know, the defenders we have: John Stones, Trent Alexander Arnold. Why the hell is he there? I don't know. Eric Dyer, Connor Cody, Ben White, Luke Shaw, Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire, Kieran, uh, Kieran Trippier. I was gonna say Kieran Tierney, uh, Kieran Trippier, which I think starts for me on the right, maybe Luke Shaw on the left because of form, and then in the center, I mean that one's tough. I don't even know. I'd say John Stones. And I know he's going to put Harry Maguire in there, but I'm not sure. I think he only brought one true left back, which would be Luke Shaw. And he brought Trent. He brought Kieran Trippier. 
He brought Kyle Walker. So I don't even know. And then Trent, yeah. So I don't, I don't even know why he brought so many right backs. Why, why not bring Ivan Tony again? I'm going to keep going back to that. Um, how, how do you, what do you think he, how do you think he lines up, Georgie? Well, in the back. In the back. I would assume in the group stage, he goes with five in the back or like a three, five, two, like I was talking early. Um, I, if, if we had to say three center backs for me, I would put Eric Dyer, Ben White, and I would put Connor Cody from Everton. I feel like he's been solid enough with what they brought. That should have been Tomori for me, but whatever. But I think one of those is going to be wrong. I don't think it'll be Cody. I think it's going to be Harry Maguire in two more or Harry Maguire one more. Because if you brought him, you're going to start him just because. So I think, right, I'm, like I said, I'm still bullish on him. Trent Alexander, Trent Anderson, my dog, I think he'll get the start. As Maybe. He'll the, probably and, take all the set pieces for him. Yeah, and Luke Shaw is the obvious left back, unless Kieran Trippier or somebody, unless he's going to pull the, a wild one there, I think the left back is an automatic, duh, you know. Uh, well, hold on. If he puts somebody else on the right side, I think, check, would you agree? I think Trippier starts over Luke Shaw. If they went five in the back? They went five in the back. You have Kyle Walker out to the right, three center backs being, let's say, Eric Dyer, Ben White, Harry Maguire. And on the left, you have a choice between Luke Shaw and Kieran Trippier. I'm saying Trippier just because of the leadership and Newcastle's in a great form again, going back to the form thing. Now, I know Luke Shaw is as well with a Manchester United that's kind of forming up to be a great team now under Ten Hag. But the leadership and, and I think Trippier's played in a, in a World Cup at these high stakes and just the set piece mastermind that he is, he's dynamic, he's a great defender, and he moves up well. Being five in the back, you need that from your left back. Kyle Walker, we obviously know that he's really good at it. And Trent, you know, Trent Anderson, how George says, is obviously really good at going forward as well. So I would put Trippier there. Would you start Luke Shaw how George said, or would you start Trippier on the left? I would definitely start Luke Shaw based off of the fact of the last tournament that they had, the Euro. I think he played well. He had some key... Uh, chances that he finished and then created during that tournament he was a huge part of their success that tournament and i think you go off of that form and you 100 percent. i mean in my opinion would go with luke shaw just based off of his most recent form with the country and and those high pressure games as we've mentioned before like he's ready he's gonna i would put him in i would start him 100 percent. i wouldn't even think about it twice yeah okay and that's I mean, fair it's kind of it's kind of going back to like the as far as like Pickford kind of starting over uh, Pope and Ramsdale. He's like a different keeper for England. But here's the um, difference, so. though. Trippier, as far as I know, he's never played left back. You know, it's, 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 this is not a, like a fantasy team where, oh, I'm just going to put this guy out there just because. Like, you, this guy, for, for as far as I know, has never played left back, at least, you know, consistently. So why would he even tempt fate? It's not as easy just to say, well, he's a great player. I'm going to put him out there and he'll figure it out because he's great. It doesn't always work that way. I think we can all agree. Yeah, but uh, looking at the other players, I think he'd be the obvious choice. And he, I think he has played left back a few times, Georgie. I mean, yeah, I mean, but would you... I'm not, I'm not saying he's a true left back, but yeah, I mean, if you just have Luke Shaw, and let's say Luke Shaw gets hurt or he's not feeling good or something happens in training, I mean, out of all these other people I see there, I, don't, I wouldn't put Ben White back there. I wouldn't put John Stones back there. Kyle not Walker. Even Trent. Kyle Walker, though. He's played left back. Mm, at City? I definitely put... It would be trippier over Kyle Walker on the left, on the left, before y'all get crazy. No, yeah, but wouldn't you live trippier, though, on the right? 
No, but then that's when you can dig into your Trent Alexander Arnold or even your Ben White who's been playing there for Arsenal. So, but I think I wouldn't Ben White be better as a as a you know because it's so clustered at the right back position, like you said. Wouldn't you just put him at center back because he's he's fluid enough to play there? Yeah, he's very. I think he's very dynamic. I think uh, I think that's made him into that. I mean, he was center back for us, but obviously he's not taking Saliba's spot. So. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, and then being Southgate, he's so unpredictable, especially with this squad. Speaking of the unpredictability, like his midfielders, like, like we said, why is Calvin Phillips in this squad? It, that shit doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and then, honestly, I like, I like the Gallagher. I like the aggressiveness. I like, that was a surprising one to me, but he's there. And then Bellingham, like you said, George, this could be one of these breakthrough players. We already know he's great playing for Dortmund, but I mean, he could really elevate his price tag with a good uh, tournament here. And then Mason Mount hasn't been doing all that great with Chelsea. Let's be honest there. Uh, and then Declan Rice, is he's, he's a good player. Um, but yeah, that's where I see the biggest kind of fall. Their midfield doesn't seem, kind of like I was saying about Tottenham, I'm not saying they're not good players. I just don't see them kind of really connecting and moving forward the ball through the middle. Now up top, you know, they have, they have some, you know, obviously Harry Kane, a different gravy, one of the best strikers, I think, in the tournament. Callum Wilson, who I think has been on great form. Uh, they have Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Kyle Saka, James Madison, Sterling, who also hasn't been all that great, and Rashford. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they line up up top. Uh, Jack, if you were if you were Southgate, how, who do you put up top, and how would you line up? Uh, I did want to mention though in the midfield, I remember you. I guess the biggest snub that we think, in our opinion, is definitely Ivan Tony, right? I think Mason Mount could have should have missed out on this tournament in my opinion to bring him uh because they do need some i think just a little more juice in the attack like you said mentioned before there's some players in here that um like Jack Grealish that are in the team don't produce and they're just almost like a christmas ornament uh you need players that are scoring goals and Ivan Tony is clearly the man right now um i think Callum Wilson was a good inclusion uh, but to start this tournament, I think you'd start off with Harry Kane, Sterling, and Phil Foden on the right as right wing. Yeah. Hey, would you would, would you, you put... say? Go ahead, George. No, go ahead, and I'll I'll come back to my question. What I was gonna say, would you say like as as far as Southgate, like he's kind of ran his course as far as as far as he was gonna take this England team, and now he's kind of just depending on the stars. Um, we do we do have a a listener listening to this currently is messaging us just kind of like the last episode he's saying he's almost just taking players he likes and that have played a system before no evolution i won't be surprised if they don't make it out the group stage unless their stars carry south kate has no vision and i could kind of see that like as far as him developing this team and moving forward and actually showing something in the future like i was saying a lot of people are upset because this doesn't seem like a team of the future but you know there's stars like harry kane phil foden even rashford could turn up or saka um is he betting on these stars to kind of get them to the next uh, step? What are you thinking, Georgie? What were you going to say? I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, yeah. To, to answer your question real quick, here's the thing, though. In 2018, nobody would have thought this team was going to make it to the fucking semis. So, like, and then... That's why I got so hype, huh? It's coming right, home! It's coming home, right? <laughs> um, and then the whole Euros getting into the finals. But you know what I mean, as in he's... I know people can hate on it, but, I mean, he's proven that, you know, he can make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken, you know, out of shit. So, I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's to an extent, it's like a Mexico thing. Like, ah, why did we bring so-and-so and so-and-so? But, obviously, this is a different level because of the quote-unquote quality. But, um, 
I think that they'll be all right. Um, like I said, this is just me going out on a limb. A uh, heart overhead uh, about them finishing second. But, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I mean, you have to have... I know we're talking about Ivan Tony, But at the end of the day, to me, it would have been either bring him or Callum Wilson. Because, I mean, you can't... you got to have enough depth in the defense. I get it for right backs. I get it. Uh, and then, like, Mason Mao, like, you got to have depth in that midfield. Whether it should have been somebody else, we can agree to disagree. But uh, to me, if Ivan Tony was to come, it would have been over Callum Wilson because obviously Harry Kane is him and 10 more. But uh, my question... Nah, but but look, but to, to kind of rebuttal what you're saying, though, you only have those two strikers. Now, who's to say that Harry Kane doesn't get injured? God forbid, right? Because I want to see a great tournament of him. Yeah. Then you're just banking on a Callum Wilson where if you could have taken Ivan Tony, then you have three. Like, there's no reason for you to have Trey Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, there's no reason for you to have, you know, even Connor Cody. Or There's three right backs you could choose from. And then as far as the midfield, why the fuck is Calvin Phillips there? Take Ivan Tony, then you could put somebody back like, uh, like Rashford who's played in the middle okay. or even... Foden, who's played in the middle. Even fucking Jack Grealish is played in the middle. So you have players that do the same role. You have no diversity in that squad. Ivan Tony should have gone along with Callum Wilson and um, and Harry Kane. You, you, what, how do you feel, uh, Jack? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that you need more. And, I mean, we all know why Trent isn't there. It's because Reese James isn't there. I think Reese James offers you way more than Trent. You can play him in the midfield, but uh, that's why Ben White's there. Let's let's be honest. Oh, Ben Reece White, James you think Ben White? Defender. I don't know. No, no, Bobby. I'm saying Ben White. No, that's what Ben White's only there because Reese James got hurt. That's what I was saying. Oof, I don't know. He could be right. No, Ben White wasn't in the squad. No, no, that's the truth. Ben Ben White wasn't in the initial squad that Southgate was going to put out, but then Reese James had his injury and he brought Ben White in. That's that's all it was. Well, go go ahead, uh, Chacon. I know you were. Yes, go ahead. I was just I was just correcting you. I know this because I listen to a lot of Arsenal shit. Um, but yeah, no, that's the only reason. Fake news. Um, Wally news. Yeah, but <laughs> I definitely think he could have done like similar to what other teams did, like Brazil, who brought you know a lot of strikers compared to their defense. Uh, they could have used that because we know in previous tournaments they they don't score very many goals, so that could have been a change of pace. But it looks like, as you guys are saying. No change in the system. We'll probably see same old, same old standard business from England this World Cup as far as tactics go. So maybe that's why they didn't bring the extra striker. I mean, they, it worked last World Cup. That's probably what they're banking on. Right? I think once he gets to the knockout stage, they'll go heavy defensive. Is that I enough, think, though, to win? I mean, the whole we thing, can't the predict whole thing. it. Uh, I mean, once we get into the next... Like, once you get into the knockout stage, it's really just about getting the result doesn't matter how you get it right it's just about advancing the better team doesn't always win but um i think with three you have to have three center backs at the minimum because what if let's say if dyer goes out i mean <laughs> you're gonna leave mcguire out there by himself uh like i said now in modern football you only play with one striker really so if harry kane does go down i think kellen wilson will be fine or if it was yvonne tony he would have, I think he would have carried it. Or if not, you can have Phil Foden that, that's played that false nine at City. And I think you maybe even put him as a, as a number 10 and let him carry. I think there's a lot of players in this squad that are versatile. Uh, the only one I disagree with is Calvin Phillips because, you know, he's been injured. But, you know, in a vacuum right now, unless you can tell me what right now, 
I mean, who who would you would have brought to fill in that role? I mean, you gotta have you gotta have enough depth in the midfield. If you lose the midfield, it's over. And if it wasn't for his injury, he played great at Leeds last year. Um, so if he wasn't injured, I I think he would have been called up. But nonetheless, I I think they'll be straight. I mean, even if you mean when they had Gerald Lampard, they still didn't get that far. So, I mean, it's. I don't know. I, I think I, what we were saying, though, for sure, I think he'll bank on his stars. I mean, you have great young talent yeah. like Saka. You have Foden. You know, if Grealish can fucking turn it on because he's been, you know, completely off. But I think he was a very dynamic player before going to City. He fucked up going to City. He should have just <laughs> stayed where he was at. But, um, yeah, I think England's definitely banking on that. If they do make it out, and let's say, so who do we have finishing first in Group A? Uh, Netherlands or Senegal? So let's say we are, me and Chak's prediction of England finishing first, they would end up playing Netherlands, and I think they would actually lose that game against the Netherlands. Or if they play Senegal, which I think would be a great fucking game. Um, if Senegal finishes first, that'd be awesome. And of course, if they finish second, then they would end up playing, uh, who was that one? Either you... If they finish second, they would have... Oh, same thing, really. Depends on how you have it, Senegal or, or Netherlands, if they were to finish second. So it's going to be it's gonna be a good round of 16, and I think it's going to be kind of hard for them to get out in the first place. But we'll see. I mean, I think the biggest... I think a lot of majority of people see England finish getting out of the group, whether it be first or second. I think the question really is the U.S. versus Wales. So that's definitely going to be a good one to watch. I think, Georgia, you said you had them finishing first, right? The U.S.? Yes. I just, like I said, I know I bantered them or whatnot. But like I said, the pressure England, because I mean, now they have real expectations. I feel like uh, they'll tighten up a little bit. And compared to the last World Cup where there was literally no expectation, it's like, whatever, we're just getting to the round of 16 and, and bowing out. But last World Cup and obviously into the Euros, you know, they've been producing great results and getting there, you know, just to the cup. And, you know, one thing that I freaking read this comment was like, England's like Tottenham. They haven't won since like the '60s, but yet they're they're acting like they, like they run the fucking world. Like they're world. a top six club, <laughs> right? Which was, I thought was funny, uh, but yeah, it almost feels that way, right? It feels like they've won they've won six World Cups, uh, and you know it's coming home, right? Uh, it's but, coming home, but yeah, yeah I and got, I think so. You I got, got so let me get your straight. Group B, you have the U.S., England, Wales, Iran in that order. Uh yes, I got Iran okay. just tied for third or whatever. I think it'll be a all right. It'll be tied with Wales though. Yes, yes. Okay, what about you, Chad? You have England, Wales, USA, or England, USA, Wales? I have England, USA, Wales, Iran, but I have USA and Wales tying for points, and then USA going on for goal difference. She very on a techie very team. precise on a very techie specific team. there. <laughs> all right the only reason i i might edge look i'd like for the u.s to finish second the only reason that i'd probably edge out wells is just that experience and i feel like a lot of these players coming from the u.s again i see them being a top club or a, a top national team moving forward because i feel like they're going to invest heavy and in, you know how the u.s has that winning mentality but i think the players are taking are super young and i think that wells experience even though they might be geezers might overtake them and i'm just kind of going against what i think most people might think I'll have, I'm going to go and say England, Wales, U.S., Iran. Although I would love for the U.S. to get out of that group, um, and we'll see. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up for this one. We will, will put We will put up, hopefully, we'll see. I'll be, I'll be cheering for them. I'll be cheering for them. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll put out more episodes, a lot more episodes coming through. You know, the World Cup's going to be massive. Don't forget about 
that bracket thing, we should put out all the information next episode. I'll have that information for you guys. Uh, just a quick uh, foot news, quick facts. There was uh, a little bit of, well, there was an interview with Messi. He says that his favorites, he's like, I think Brazil, France, England, today they are a little bit above the rest. So his predictions to, to win it, although Argentina is one of not, if not for everybody, the clear favorite to win it, I would say. Um, and then Christopher Nekunu. Ne- what is his name? Kunku? Kunku. Something like that. The German kid? Kunku. Kunku. No, he plays for France. Uh, he will like he actually met he made the he made the French team and he got hurt in training today and he won't be with the French team. So that sucks. Like imagine going there, you're gonna go play for your country and then you get injured in training. So that that really does suck. So that's all we have for you today. Thank you guys for joining us. Again, we'll be putting out way more episodes. I hope everybody has a lovely rest of your day, uh morning or night, whatever it might be. Peace. Thank you guys for joining us on Foot News. We appreciate you guys listening all the way through. Please message us with any feedback that you might have on Instagram at Shavimira, X-A-V-I underscore M-I-R-A and at George Saldana, that's J-R-G, Saldana all together. See you guys next week. Much love. Peace. Hey, maybe, maybe in three years, we'll, we'll be like Joe Rogan signing $100 million uh, deals with Spotify. You know?